It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We made it, folks. Just one week away from the Auburn Tigers starting fall camp. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I'm, I'm freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Happy Ferg Friday to all who celebrate. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer, our guest today. We were talking just before we hit record, Jay Ferg. This time, a week from now. Auburn will be putting on their helmets and they will be suiting up for fall camp. The off season's behind us, my friend. Yeah, it is. Uh, we are we are in the zone now. Uh, football season really underway, and also really good timing because uh, you get Auburn basketball tour on TV. So like we've gone from like really nothing going on for the two main sports at Auburn for a while in terms of actual things happening to. All right, here we go. We're gonna have we're gonna have a full full on uh, month of it, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. It's like we have stuff to talk about till May again. Thank goodness. Yep. Thank yes. goodness. Yes. All right. So, and, and we'll get into basketball in, in the show later. So, Jay Ferg, obviously the biggest storyline. I think you'll agree. The biggest storyline going to fall camp is the quarterback battle. Right. I, I, I still think though we're gonna know fairly early who wins the job. Am I crazy for thinking that? I mean, based on what Brian Harson told us last week in Atlanta, yeah. um, the thought process there is going to be when they switch from, you know, general fall camp mode to game mode to mm-hmm. getting ready for week one, we'll know by then. Now, we might not know. They'll know by then. Um, but Brian Harson also said during spring practices, by the time they get through that first scrimmage, they want to have things narrowed down to the point where you might go from like three to two. Um, so I, I, it'll be interesting. I, I want to, if I had to place a bet on anything, I would bet like when Auburn gets ready to like that week of like what week before the season starts that they do some sort of rollout or maybe wait like, Hey, here's the depth chart. Here's your quarterback. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see, how that goes. I just think the the first couple of scrimmages and that, that early like teamwork when the pads are all on and everything yeah. looks more like actual football, that's really is what's going to determine uh, and go a long way into, into determining um, who is going to be the quarterback for Auburn. Right, right. And, you know, we got a surprising amount of access last year as far as, you know, viewing windows yeah. and practice and, and conversations with coaches and things like that. I just think in these windows, Calzada is going to go first in every drill, and it's going to be like, yeah, this doesn't mean anything, but also it kind of does. It'll be interesting because you know Calzada went in the back of pretty much every drill. He had the different color jersey practice. on though, because yeah, you know, non-contact yeah. and stuff like that. I would be surprised though that if when pre- like when camp officially starts next week. You may see Finley first mm-hmm. early, just because he's got the experience and all that. But yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how like where everything is positioned with Calzada, because a lot of the buzz in the summer has been about Calzada, right? Um, I think some of that is by his own making. Right. Um, him and his people are have been very forthcoming about like posting videos on uh, on it's social genius. media and, and like, Abs- it's genius. Yeah, and Why get, wouldn't you do get, that? 
and getting people excited that way. But you got to keep in mind, TJ Finley's the guy with more experience in this system. He went through the spring as kind of the number one quote unquote guy, right. you know, and Robbie Ashford, or Robbie Ashford had coming off a really good spring as well. So I would expect it to look even, and I don't want to hold throw out Holden Garner either. I don't think, I think it's a extremely long shot that he wins this job, obviously, but I'm sure they're going to kind of keep him in as like an even member of it until they want to start dialing it down, uh, you know, kind of close to the halfway point of camp. So you did a mailbag earlier in the week, or I guess it wasn't a mailbag. It was just a newsletter earlier in the week mm-hmm. about Coy Moore. I talked about Coy Moore yeah. on the show earlier this week. I've been extremely high on Coy Moore ever since he announced that he was coming here. And ever since Brian Harson mentioned him by name first yep. of all of his players, they mentioned Coy Moore first. Um, mm-hmm. The energy has kind of been directed in a positive light towards Coy Moore. Yeah, no, I, I think Coy Moore is a guy that I think is going to be a key player for Auburn this year. I, I'm interested to see what he does, like, because what he showed at LSU, you know, he's not a dude that's necessarily going to burn you downfield. He's not necessarily a guy who's like gigantic and he's going to make like a bunch of like Randy Moss type of catches. But instead, I think he's got a really hot floor. Um, yeah. And, you know, consistency was the main thing with him. You watch him on film at uh, at LSU, which I did for the uh, for, for the story earlier in the week. Right. A um, lot of short stuff, really good after the catch, really good route runner. Um, but it's like, you know, some people may be surprised at the fact that, uh, you know, hey, this guy who's brand new and doesn't have a ton of experience is kind of coming in and looking like one of the best receivers on the team. It was like, well, keep in mind, uh, outside of Shedrick Jackson and Javarius Johnson, nobody really has as much experience as he does in right. SEC play. On top of that, he played wide receiver at LSU. You know, he was he was high school's teammates with Jamar Chase. I mean, this is, you know, LSU's wide receiver history and pedigree is light years ahead of where Auburn is. Yeah. And so when you get somebody from that, I'm not surprised at all that he's kind of popping in and being like, okay, well, you know, he he's making quite an impact because where he's coming from and, and and kind of the background he's got is different than what a lot of Auburn receivers have been. Even the really good receivers Auburn have had, has had recently, you've gotten a lot of guys that have got like a lot of great physical talent, um, you know, that have some attributes that make them really, really stand out. But it's that, that kind of polished, complete wide receivers. He kind of fits that mold. And also, it's why he brought Ike Hilliard into the fold as your wide receivers coach, because you want to create more of that. Like, everybody can see that a guy like Xavier Capers or Tavares Dawson or Michael Johnson Jr., those guys all have something about them that is really, really intriguing. Yeah. Um, but they just don't They just don't have the polish. They don't have the, like, of a college receiver yet. Coy Moore coming in, coming from a place like LSU, having about a year and a half of experience, that's going to give him an edge over a lot of those guys, at least early on. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. What do you think the wide receiver battle looks like in spring, what are we going to be able to see slash report? You think? I think you might be able to see just kind of like, hey, here's the guys that might be getting the most kind of work with that first group, because like there will be starters, quote unquote, right? And you would expect Shedrick Jackson, various Johnson, Coy Moore to kind of be the leaders, but like you need five, six, seven guys who are going to be able to contribute and help out. So it's just like, hey, yeah. where's the separation coming? Right? Where can you see a dividing line? You know, um, who's going to be over that? Is it going to be those guys I just mentioned? going to be Lane and King over that. Could a guy like Jay Fair coming off of, uh, you know, being being around the spring. Could one of the brand new guys. You know, last year we talked a ton uh, in fall camp about how good Tavares Dawson looked. You know, he didn't – it didn't really work out for him uh, in the season. By the way, Brian Harson saying that, like, hey, man, this dude's attitude and his work ethic have completely changed. He said he was kind of goofing off last year. Now that's completely different. Yeah. 
who else has made that jump? Who else has kind of t- turned that page? We heard a lot of good stuff about Xavion Capers at SEC Media Days as well. So, like, who, how many of those guys are above that line? Because there's going to be a natural separation between the guys you would expect to compete and then the guys that, you know, it might take a little bit more time with. Where does that line come? And I think you'll start to see that some in practices. Uh, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. All right, I want to get Justin's thoughts on some of the defensive battles, the defensive storylines moving forward. Then we'll talk a little Auburn basketball as they travel to Israel. Hey, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your sports betting needs. They have updated their odds in regards to who could win it all win the World Series for Major League Baseball. Be sure to check that out if you've got a good hunch of who you think is going to bring it all home in regards to Major League Baseball. And, of course, a ton of futures out for college football as well. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Jay Ferg, before we jump into... Uh, the defense and some storylines there. How can people check out everything happening at the Auburn Observer? Yeah, it's a good time to jump in on the Observer. We're going to have coverage of fall camp. We're going to have coverage of the Israel tour for basketball. And then, uh, you know, we had stuff this week. Had the Coy Moore film room. Had a story on Derek Hall. There's some Derek Hall stats in there that I I discovered that were like, whoa. And and there are a couple of areas where he outperformed Will Anderson last season in some specific, very specific pass rushing areas. But... I mean, he had a really, really good year last year. Um, did a story, you know, previewing the Israel tour. It might be some more of that before between uh, now and the start of that. Sure. Uh, mailbag out today. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to this in the morning, if you're listening to this on Friday morning, our premium podcast is going to come out probably Friday afternoon. Got a special guest uh, lined up for that one. Uh, talking some uh, talking some uh, uh, Auburn and SEC football as we get closer and closer to the, se- to the season starting. So it's a really good time to sign up. AuburnObserver.com. It's $6 a month or $60 a year to get a full subscription, and we email everything to you, newsletters and podcasts. There's going to be a lot more coming in the next few weeks. Or uh, when you sign up there, you can also get a seven-day free trial. Um, and check us out, and uh, it'll be a good time to hop in next week. Absolutely. Worth every penny. AuburnObserver.com. All right, some of the defensive battles and storylines that I'm looking forward to in fall camp. Cornerback, I think that is just a fascinating position, how they're going to split up and give all of those guys playing time because I think all of them deserve mm-hmm. playing time. How quickly does Keontae Scott enter the fold of, you know, can he hit the ground running or is he going to kind of sit this year and then possibly be the guy in 2023? How do you think that's going to unfold? Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, Harson made no uh, mistake about just saying, like, hey, he's going to be behind. And, you know, Keontae Scott... Had to get some academic stuff done. I mean, it's just the reality of a situation sometimes when you're dealing with junior college players. Sure, right. Um, but he said they expect him to be a part of the rotation and they expect him to contribute. So, like, uh, I would I would think unless it comes in and it just doesn't click for him, that you're going to see him because you need, you know, you need several corners. You need about four or five that you can rely on. And I feel like Auburn's got three they feel really good about. Then it's going to be a matter of, like, how many of these newcomers or how many of these young guys 
kind of separate themselves. And, and I'm, I'm sure Scott will be one of those guys that um, has a good chance to do so. And uh, we'll see. He had a really good year in Juco last year and sounds like he's done everything he can on his own to get ready. Yeah. But there's just something different once you're actually out there and, and you're trying to have him play catch up on the field. So the three are DJ James, Jalen Simpson, and Nehemiah Pritchett, I assume. Yep. You mentioned yep. Keontae Scott. Who are some candidates to possibly be that fifth corner that Auburn may need? Um, you know, uh, JD Rim had such a good uh, spring. Yeah. Uh, you know, he he makes it makes a ton of sense. I'm looking to see what AD Diamond does. Yeah. Um, you know, he got some good reviews in the spring as well. It's just who can kind of who can kind of be that guy. You would expect probably four or five guys to be kind of contribute, and then you know some of those guys can play nickel. You can kind of move move around uh, as well. But um, yeah, the you know the guys who were here in the spring, what does it look like? when they have a summer, can they take a step forward? Can you see their development kind of speed up? Some of those early enrollees, like a guy like J.D. Rim, uh, makes a ton of sense. Okay, you mentioned Derek Hall at Edge. Obviously, Eculiota is going to be there as well. And then Dylan Brooks kind of being in the, the third guy. How much work do you think they give to a guy like Joko Willis or, or Marcus Bragg, the grad transfer coming in? Because depth of that position is important. Yeah, Marcus Bragg's definitely going to have to be one of those guys. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting what they do with Joko. They did – he was kind of pictured with the edges um, during during the summer, which I'm sure we've talked about on here. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they need it. And I asked Derek Hall last week, hey, do you feel like Dylan Brooks is ready? And he said – he looked at me and he said he's got no choice. Uh, and he's like – which is a great quote, but it's also like 100% accurate. Like, yeah. they need Dylan Brooks to play – um, you know, he, he's, he's not quite, you know, size wise, uh, he's not like the prototypical, like he, he's still a little skinny, still a little light for like most sec edge players. But Derek made a good point last week at media as he said, Hey, I had to play skinny as well. Like, you know, like it can't be, that can't be an excuse. And he's saying, it's not, you know, not saying that Dylan's making that excuse, but it's like, Hey, if we need you, we need you. And you know, you're going to get bigger and develop and you're going to get stronger over time. But like you, you have to play a role right away. And so, can we see kind of that early, you know, when, when you looked at Derek Hall, I remember Derek Hall as a, um, as a freshman and as a sophomore, especially, especially that sophomore season, but early on in his career, when you looked at it and you were like, man, this guy's going to be pretty good. It's just like, you know, I want to see if, if Derek, if Dylan Brooks can have that kind of year where it's like, you're not going to play a billion snaps probably. Right. But like, do you show flashes? Cause if you show flashes, um, that's usually a really, really good sign for, for making that support. Derek Hall did it, uh, and I think Dylan Brooks could be the next one in line. And that's the natural step, right? I mean, that's that's yeah, the ideal right. situation is you have guys that slowly step up, and by the time they're juniors or seniors, they're they're, they're ready to step in, and, and it's not that drastic of a move for them. And I, and I think that's what Brian Harris is trying to build, right? And the thing is, is that edge rusher is one of the easier spots to do that because sure. – when you're an edge rusher, you know, your job most of the time, not all the time, but if you're a young edge rusher getting on the field, it's going to be, hey, dude, pin your ears back, go after the quarterback. Right. Right. That That's going to be it. Like, it's kind of like with a running back. It's like running backs, why you can contribute so young as at a run at a running back spot. It's like, you know, there's a lot of it that's just athleticism. Na- natural vision, ability right? is a huge yeah. part of it. Yeah. And if you're getting in a few times a game and saying, hey, pin your ears back and go after the quarterback that I think gives you an easier time than maybe playing corner where it's like, you know, if you're a young corner, sometimes you can be doing the best you obviously can, and it might not look great. It's a little different for a guy like an edge where you just have one simple job and you just go do it. 
Um, and and I, I'll be interested to see what Dylan Brooks will do, do in that regard. Not saying that they don't like drop edges and do some mixing and matching there and stuff like that, but um, a lot of it for those young guys is like, hey, you're on the field to hit the quarterback, go hit the quarterback. So you think Marcus Bragg starts fall camp ahead of Joko Willis at edge? I, I don't know. I think that, okay. I think that, you know, that whole group will kind of be even, I think, I, th- I think it'll be clear. You'll have Derek Hall and you'll have Dylan, uh, you'll have Derek Hall and Eculiota, and then you will have the guys that are trying to be the, the, the reserves. Cause it's like, yeah. we'll see. Well, we'll see where they have Joko, you know, cause I know Joko is a guy that has, you know, plays that star role mm-hmm. and they like him in that. Um, so it, it'll be interesting where, where everything kind of comes out. But yeah, I would expect, you know, my thing with um, my, my thing a lot of times when you look at depth charts and stuff like that at this point in camp, I, I try not to think of them as much as like one, two, three, four is more like kind of tiered, sure. you know, where it's like you have your guy, your main guys, and then like the next man up, and then like the the guys you're developing. So I would expect those guys that we just mentioned all kind of be in that same little wad, and maybe there's some separation that comes out. Uh, but yeah, I think it's just like who can be guys that can that can reliably back up Derek Hall and Eculiota because that's what you absolutely need this year. So, so all right, let's go through the tiers now for, for linebacker then real quick. So, mm-hmm. obviously, Owen's on his own. Is Cam Riley on his own, or is Cam Riley with Wesley Steiner and Eugene Asante? I think Wes, I think Wes Steiner and Cam Riley could kind of be together. Okay. Um, there might be there might be one ahead of the other or something like that. I think they're going to use all three of those guys, right? Okay. Sure. Asante, Asante is the wild card to me just because – we saw him some in, in, in spring practices. He is a grad transfer. I mean, he has a he has a FBS transfer, Power Five transfer, and you would expect him to play some sort of role. But what does that look like, right? Like what you know, what where do they kind of have him in the pecking order? It will be interesting to see. You know, him and Des Tisdall are kind of both in my mind, where it's like, okay, you know that the other guys may be a little bit more ahead in terms of perception right now. Yeah, but they could definitely contribute. And then. You know, you've got your you you you've got a guy like you know Robert Woodyard coming in where it's like if he does really really well in in fall camp, he could obviously get on the field because he's so talented. I get texts and comments about Woodyard all the time, and it's like, yeah, he's very good. I just don't think this is his year. I just think he needs a, a little bit of time. But I think at most, some point, most guys do. Most most guys at linebacker do, but... for sure, absolutely. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. But you know, the the thing about Eugene Asante, and I was talking about this with a radio hit earlier this week, like. You know, people like to poke about, you know, Brian Harson's recruiting class and things like that. But it's like, you know, I, I think he's going to be able to, if he can get it to 12 to 15 and then fill the rest out with transfers, I think he'll be fine. Oh, yeah. But, but the whole, like, he's kind of nailed it with transfers so far with guys that I think a lot of people wouldn't, um, I don't know, like guys like Bidarius Knighton and Donovan mm-hmm. Kaufman and Marcus Harris and Eculiota. I mean, all those guys are were, were transfer portal guys. I mean, really the only one so far that's just been an absolute whiff, and, and I don't think it was Brian Harson's fault. Dreshawn Miller. Dreshawn Miller, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So but yeah, and and so just looking at Eugene Asante, and I'm really skeptical about Marcus Bragg, if I'm being honest with you. But but like Coy Moore and they're bringing the quarterbacks in, like I think Jason he's kind Jones. of yeah. yeah, I mean, I think he's kind of nailed it with the transfers so far. So when I see yeah. Eugene Asante, I'm like, maybe he is gonna play a lot. Yeah, you don't want to build your you don't want to build your roster on on transfers. Um, but what you want them to do is you want to fill in gaps and fill in spots. Right, and that's what you have to do early on when you're trying to establish a foothold in recruiting. Here's the here's the thing about Auburn's recruiting. Obviously, they got the commitment from uh, Wilkie Denod earlier this week. Mm-hmm. They got five dudes. That's not a lot. That's small. That's very very small. Um, because like there's some 
teams in the 20s right now. But all five of those dudes are really, really good recruits. It's like you got a foundation. It's just you got to build it. And, um, you know, you're not going to be a well-oiled machine yet in recruiting. But if you can recruit the right guys, that's the thing, I think, with Harson. Like, the big question mark about Harson and the struggles in recruiting is, like, can they get the numbers? Like, they've got to get the numbers. Because there was a the the recruiting class and the transition that get the between miles that was such a that was such a rough class in terms of number and, and yeah. star power that you've got to kind of make up for it down the line. However, um, I think there was a lot of criticism of like, hey, not going after the right guys or something like that. It's like I mean, all five of the dudes they've got right now are dudes that could be playing at other SEC schools, and they're really really good recruits. So the foundation is there. It's just. Will they have enough time, and will there be enough out there to get the to get the numbers? We'll see. But yeah, they. I, I think there's a lot of that structure in that roster management. It's a lot more balanced and a lot more um, kind of calmer than I think the perception may be. All right, let's get Justin's thoughts on Auburn basketball starting their Israel tour next week and what to watch for because we can watch these games on SEC Network. All that coming up right here on Locked On Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. I want to urge you folks to sign up for the Locked on Auburn Discord. It is free. The link is in the episode description down below. We passed 1,000 members on the Locked on Auburn Discord earlier this week, and we'd love to have you. We'll talk a lot of fall camp as well as Auburn basketball stuff. I mean, a ton of Auburn chatter going on 24-7 in that. So be sure to check that out. The link is in the episode description down below. Justin Ferguson, when it comes to watching Auburn basketball next week, which is really weird to say, but yeah, um, what exactly are you Try looking to... for? I mean, Bruce Pearl said he's going to start different dudes every game. Yep. I mean, I, I really have no idea what to expect. What are you expecting? This is going to be a time for everyone to get introduced to this roster, right? You are not going to come out of this tour, I don't think, saying, all right, here's our starting lineup. All right, here's our, you know, here's the pecking order. I don't think Bruce is going to do that because it sounds like they're just going to, Hey, we're all, we're all overseas. We're all playing together in a, in a different environment. Let's get everybody some experience. Let's get them all playing, playing with one another. I think you're going to get a lot of that. So I think what you need to look for in this one is might not necessarily be like, Oh, does this unit and this unit work better? Or this guy. I think what you're going to see is that though, is like, all right, you've got four newcomers. This is your first real look at those guys here. You know, dive in. That's the obvious one. And then like, all right, Jalen Williams could take a step forward this year in a bigger role. What does that look like? What do the guards that came back? How have they progressed their games? Where's Alan Flanagan fit in right now? You know, how kind of how, how has his game evolved and developed? And kind of you know after what was a really tough year, Dylan Cardwell, you know, guys like that. Um, so I think a lot of it is like don't like make you know earth shattering predictions on specific players based on what happens. But I think it's going to be a lot of like okay, here's maybe here's the first glimpse of what we could expect from these guys in terms of what they are who they are at this point in their game and their careers and like, all right, maybe start to see where some of the pieces fit together uh, because they're going to be playing teams. Well, they're, they haven't had a ton of work together. Mm-hmm. They haven't had real comp- competitive work at all with each other. 
Then you're going to be going and playing these three teams in Israel. Two of them, the national teams, the U-20s and the, and the senior national team, they're in the midst of, like, qualifying. They've been playing with each other all summer, right? right? Uh, um, for those of you who are soccer fans, it's, it's, it's very similar to, like, when um, – you know, a, uh, you know, a European team will go like make a tour in the summer and they'll go play teams that have been playing against together all the time. And maybe sometimes the team that doesn't have as much talent can hang just because they've been around longer. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. And the other thing is, is like, I have no idea what this Israel team is going to look like in terms of these Israel teams are going to look like in terms of quality. I mean, the first team and the third, like they're all professionals. They're all with a professional team of some kind. Um, Bruce said that Denny Avija might be playing uh, for the senior national team. It's a dude who was the number nine pick for the for the Wizards two years ago. He was one of only five players in the NBA this past year that played in every single game. Wow, it's a really good wing. That's an NBA guy. I mean, that's a lottery talent that you could you could be lining up against, and a guy that's had a couple years of NBA experience. So, like, I have no idea what the scoreboard's going to look like. I have no idea what the rotations and the lineups are going to look like. I don't think it really matters. I think we're going to learn a lot about the players and and and, and just kind of where they are at this point in, the, in in their games right now. Yeah, I know a lot of Auburn fans concerned about the guard shooting, perimeter shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, How much has that improved? Yeah, because it's going to be different. Does it matter? Does it matter if they if they go out and you know? shoot 20% versus if they go out and shoot, you know, 38%. Does, does it really matter? Does it change your not opinion right at all? No, right. Not right now. Not right now. And again, you'll be playing in a foreign country with different rims, different sidelines. I'm sure they'll use FIBA stuff. They've, they've been practicing with the FIBA ball. Um, so like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of that, that it may look a little wonky, but if somebody comes out there and tears it up, you, you, you'll be, Oh, that's really, you know, it, it's one of those things where you can go back and forth. But like a lot of it's going to be, Man, what does Yoan Treor look like? Right. What does Janai Broom look like on this team? You know, what 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 do these guys look like kind of together? And I think it's going to be really exciting to see um, because I think all four of the newcomers bring something different to the table. Right. It's going to be a lot of fun. They raise the potential of this team. And then, yeah, some guys that everybody knows and everybody uh, has seen a ton of uh, already, it's like, well, they've got to do some involving and improving on their own. And what does that look like in the point? I mean, Auburn hadn't played in what it did four, you know, three, four months at this point. Sure. How much growth has been has been done since then? Because think about how much growth that team made in the three or four months of the season last year. Yeah, just working on it. Let's see what it looks like. What does it mean that these games are televised in general? I mean, it starts Tuesday, SEC Network. I mean, wh- what does that mean for the brand of Auburn basketball? Yeah, it's it's huge because you're in a spot where, I mean, Jay Billis and Roxy Bursty are going with them to Israel. Like they, this isn't like they're calling a game remotely. They are going with them. They are part of that experience. Yeah, um, which which matters. Um, Kentucky's really the only team that's ever gotten this before, where you can watch all of your preseason games on on an ESPN network, right? Unreal. Uh, and the only other teams that I know that have ever televised uh, their their games or even streamed them online is like Kansas, mm-hmm. right? So you're you're in this level where I think Auburn and Bruce Pearl and the brand has grown so large that it's like, and it's also easy programming, man. You think the SEC network's like, oh yeah, please, we're tired of replaying all these documentaries over and over again, right? Like they would love to have that 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 in the in, in there, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be huge for the brand because. You know, this is a hot time for recruiting right now, and guys will be able just to flip on the TV and watch watch what Auburn's looking looking like. And like, they won't be able to go on a tour like this for another four years, but this is something they want to keep going for a while, and mm-hmm. they want it. They want to kind of, this kind of to be the first to something special. So, um, I think that all that will just build and build and grow uh, over time. 
Justin Ferguson, thank you so much for your time as always. One more time, how can people check out everything that you've got going on? Yeah, AuburnObserver.com. $6 a month or $60 a year where you get three, four, five newsletters a week, two podcasts as well. They'll be ramping up because it's going to be really busy next week with basketball and football practices. Um, So check it out. Yep, perfect time to sign up right before the season and you'll get all of Justin's perspectives and his scoops of everything going on with fall practice. You don't want to miss that. AuburnObserver.com. Hey, we'll be back on Monday to recap everything that happened over the weekend. Hopefully Auburn picks up a few commitments from Big Cat Weekend. And we'll talk about anything else going on in the world of Auburn football, basketball, baseball, all of that good stuff. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. Check out all of my written work at AuburnDaily.com. And we'll see you Monday right here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.